A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, B. Hi, Elliot. You ready for our show today about the former Queen of France, Marie Antoinette, and Indian independence hero, Gandhi? I sure am. Me too. High five. Uh, okay, it's before noon, but I guess I could allow for a high five earlier than usual today. Uh, B, you can let go of my hand now. High fives are not usually this long. It's turning into a high 15. Well, Elliot... You know, I was just thinking about the difference between Marie Antoinette and Gandhi. And Marie Antoinette was famously out of touch with the people. But Gandhi was incredibly in touch with the people. Okay. And I just think I should make more of an effort to be in touch with the people, you know? And by the people, you mean me. Yeah. So I figure let's do this whole episode holding hands. That should put me more in touch with... (laughs) Oh. B, how did you manage to sneeze into my hand? Yours was right there. I don't know, but I gotta warn you. I think I'm allergic to your perfume. Uh, It's Eau de Pencil Shavings. Oh, so that was the first of many, many, many sneezes. Uh, uh, uh. Eric, quick, play the theme song before she... Choo! Some energy and buckle up your brain Cause it's time to play It's the Who Was Podcast Cause it's time to play the Who Was Podcast Who Was? Live from Tongaland, or so-called SoCal, Los Angeles. Welcome to Who Was, the history quiz show that gives contestants the chance to win mega prizes and podcast glory. I'm B, the world's greatest announcer who has a coffee mug to prove it. And here's your host, the Oxford comma of the airwaves, it's Elliot Kalin. Thanks, B, and welcome, everyone, to the Who Was podcast, the show that's like Jeopardy, only with surprise guests, silly games, and those lollipops with gum in the center. They should make 
more treats like that. Ugh, like cake with a pie in the center? Perfect. That would be amazing. Amazing. Our contestants were sent Who Was books about two great figures from history. Now they're here to show off their knowledge in the hopes of winning fantastic prizes, 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 prizes. Today, we're learning about who was Gandhi and who was Marie Antoinette. But before we learn about them, let's learn about our contestants. All right, first up, we've got Alexandra. Alexandra, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Alexandra, and a fun fact about myself is that I do competition cheer. Competition cheer, oh my goodness. Um, so tell us, uh, what's the coolest thing that you can do uh, in, a, in a cheer routine? Like, do you do backflips? Are you on top of a pyramid? Are you on the bottom of the pyramid? Do you ride a tiger? Do you ride a tiger? Are you the mascot? Can you fly? I can do a back handspring. Whoa. Oh my goodness. That is fantastic. And how long have you been part of competition cheer? This will be my seventh year. Wow. Oh, wow. So you're an expert at cheering. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done anything for that many years. I'm so impressed. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And with us today, we also have Harper. Harper, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Harper, and I'm a twin to my brother Wyatt. He is older than me by two minutes. Oh my goodness, now this is also very exciting because as you may or may not know, Elliot is also a twin. Mm-hmm, I have a twin sister. I'm older than her by one minute, and I constantly just lord it over her, and she's like, I think this, and I'm like, well, as your older brother, I think that. So is that is that similar to what happens in your house? Yeah, that always happens. <laughs> now, people ask me all the time, they always say, can you read your sister's mind? And I say, no, I can't. But it makes me wonder, is that something other twins can do? Can you read each other's minds? No. If you could read, if you could read minds, probably you'd, probably you'd learn all sorts of things you didn't want to know in the first place. Yeah, that's true. That's a power you got to be careful with. Well, thank you both so much for sharing, and thank you for being on the show today. And thank you to Eric, our musician, for providing that lovely Meet the Contestants music and all the music on the show today. So that's Who Is. Now let's find out Who Was Gandhi with four fast facts. Four fast facts. Mohandas Gandhi was born in 1869 and died in 1948. In 1947, after 33 years of work, Gandhi helped India achieve independence from British rule through nonviolent protest. Gandhi was among the first Indian leaders to empower small villages and farmers in India to fight for Indian self-reliance and separation from foreign rule. Gandhi's philosophy of civil disobedience and nonviolent protest and fighting without fighting has had a lasting effect on social justice movements and inspired civil rights leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. So we were wondering, Gandhi is such uh, an inspirational protest figure. He was all about protests and things like that. Have either of you ever protested anything? It could be something as big as, I don't like this, the, what the country's doing, and as little as, I don't want to eat my vegetables. Have you ever been in a protest of any kind at home or somewhere else? Um, I've been in some, like, just small, like, disagreements. My brother likes to collect Funko Pops. Like, I always say that there's, there's, like, not really any meaning to them because he buys them and he just, like, lets them collect dust and then he doesn't really, like, use them. He was trying to set up for a gaming computer and he added the prices all up and if he were to, like, sell all 
his Funko Pops, he would be able to get his gaming computer. And that's like one thing. Wow. Well, you, you have convinced me. I'm on your side, Harper. Yeah, you've convinced me to sell all my Funko Pop figures to buy a gaming computer. This is a successful protest <laughs> that you just had right now. You, you, you changed one big mind. Uh, yeah. Alexandra, what about you? Have you ever protested anything or just had a really strong disagreement when you had to take a stand? Not really. Not really. Okay, but you know what I will say? When the time comes, if you ever decide to protest something, you are going to be so ready because so much about protesting has so much crossover with cheering. Yeah. A lot of times you have to hold signs up. You have to be on your feet and um, saying things very loudly. You got to project your voice. Yeah, I I think your cheer uh, career will really uh, help you in the future if and when you decide to protest something. Yeah, there have been wars that were ended because of back handsprings. So don't never underestimate the power of cheer. It's a very powerful force. Yeah, the War of 1812. Yeah, everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, the War of 1812, thankfully brought to an end by that back hamstring. <laughs> now, please don't protest me when I say that we should move on to our first game about Gandhi. It's called True or False. True or false? Is it true or is it false? Is it false or is it true? Is it true that it was false? Or is it false that it was true? True. True, true or false? Here's how this game works. B will read a statement, and you'll tell us if that statement is true or... False. You probably guessed it. False. The other the other option is false. And since it's our first game, each question is worth one point. Alexandra, you'll be going first. True or false? Gandhi did not eat meat until he was a teenager. True. That's right. The answer is true. Gandhi's religion, Hinduism, played a large part in shaping his life. His family's traditional Hindu customs included not eating meat. In high school, a friend told him eating meat would help him overcome his fears, but when he tried it, it only made him sick and gave him nightmares, or what I would call meat mares. Uh, you can use that word, that's okay. You can use, I'd be to say meat mares if you eat meat and it gives you nightmares. Anyway, when he got older, he moved to London and joined the London Vegetarian Society. All you have to do to become a member is finish that last bite of broccoli on your plate. Harper, you get the next statement. True or false? Though Gandhi was from India, an incident in South Africa sparked his journey for the rights of Indian people. True? Yes, that is true. Say it, say it loudly and and, uh, and confidently, because you're right, the answer is true. As a young lawyer, Gandhi moved to South Africa and purchased a first-class train ticket for travel. But a European passenger got a police officer to kick Gandhi off the train for being Indian, despite Gandhi showing his first-class ticket. This was the seed of Gandhi becoming an activist. He wanted to organize and fight for the equality of Indian people living in South Africa, who at the time could not vote, marry, or even walk legally on public footpaths. Alexandra, back to you. True or false? Before Luke Skywalker used the Force, Gandhi used Truth Force, a philosophy that guided his approach to life. True. That's right, that is truth force. He called his life philosophy Satyagraha, which translates to truth force or holding to truth, and became a weapon, quote, not a real weapon, used against unfair treatment of the Indian population. It includes ideas about nonviolent ways of breaking unjust laws, nonviolence against all people, and non-possession, living simply with few possessions and using only what one needs. And the next question is for Harper. True or false? You always hear the word fast when people talk about Gandhi because this guy was not only a spiritual leader, but a leader on the track. He won a gold medal for India in the 1920 Antwerp Olympics. Um, false? 
You're right, that is totally false. Gandhi's fast had nothing to do with his running speed. Gandhi would refuse to eat food as a way of protesting. He had many fasts over his life, including a three-week hunger strike to get the Hindu and Muslim people in India to stop fighting and start speaking to each other. The two groups came together peacefully to stop his fasting. They didn't want Gandhi to suffer anymore. And you don't have to suffer anymore because this game is over. True, 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 true or false. Okay, let's see where we are after our first game with producer Jane and the truth force of the scores. Well, Elliot and B, I don't mind telling you that their Gandhi knowledge is incredible. They both have two points. Terrific work, both of you. It's a tie game. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more games. Eric, please play us some Satyagraha music, please. Why do you got to be Satyagraha? Welcome back to the Who Was Podcast. Today, we're looking at two people who had very different ideas about what it means to have class. It's Who Was Gandhi and Who Was Marie Antoinette. And now, back to your host, Elliot Kalin. Thank you, B. Now let's find out more about Who Was Marie Antoinette with four fast facts. Four fast facts. Marie Antoinette was born in 1755 and died in 1793. Marie Antoinette became Queen of France while still just a teenager. The common people of France came to see Marie Antoinette's luxurious life as a symbol of all that was wrong with France. And so at the start of the French Revolution, Marie Antoinette and her husband, the king, were thrown in jail and executed by guillotine. So now I'm curious. So Marie Antoinette grew up her whole life as a as a royal person. And I wonder with our contestants, if you uh, were like queen for a day, queen or king for a day, uh, what would you do? What would you want to do like as a as a royal person? Alexandra, what do you think? Um, I would want to make the world a better place. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. Yeah. Uh, Harper, what about you? I mean, I would kind of brag about it to my brother because he, he's always he's always saying that he's like not the ruler, but he's older and he was bragging about it. So I feel like yeah. I would want to rub his face. I like that. We've I got the that. two yeah. the two sides of being a royal. You have the power to make the world a better place, and you also have the power to totally rub it in your brother's face that you're in charge and he's not. <laughs> And I yeah. think I'd probably go somewhere in the middle. I'd probably make a throne out of chocolate and then eat it. Oh, wow, that's pretty good. Um, I would probably, I don't know, I'd probably just go horseback riding. That seems like something that royal people do, and uh, I, I don't really get to do it. So I'm going to go horseback riding through a beautiful field. That sounds great. I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to have a horse made out of chocolate, but I'll still eat it. Oh, but you'll eat it. Will you ride the chocolate Course, oh, for sure. First, oh, I mean, okay. I'll, it'll have to that my courtiers who, who who serve me. Well, I guess we'll have to put it on like a wagon, and then I'll sit mm. on it on a wagon. I'll pretend the horse is alive, but then I'll just take bites out of its mane and its ears. You know, because it's made out of chocolate. Uh, yeah. I don't know why a king has never thought of doing this before because it's a pretty fantastic thing to do. It's a pretty bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your clothes will get dirty because you're sitting on a chocolate horse that's probably melting. But you know. Yeah, but worth then it. but then someone else washes them. It's not your problem. Yeah, exactly right. I'm the king. I don't do laundry anymore. This is great. This is the this is the best day of my life. Well, 
Uh, you two, I think, would be great monarchs. But let's get on to our next game about our real-life monarch. That's right, Marie Antoinette, we've been talking about. It's called Hashtag History. Hashtag History. Hashtag History. Hashtag History. Hashtag History. Hey! Okay, contestants, in this game, B will read you a hashtag our teen queen Marie Antoinette might use on her social media if social media had been a thing in the 18th century in France. And you will tell us, what is she talking about? And since this is our second round, each question is worth two points. B, if you would. Harper, this first hashtag is for you. And it says, hashtag mom boss. Why would Marie use this? Is it because A, Marie's mother had a lot of power, or B, Marie wrote a play called Mom Boss that she performed at court? A. That's right, the answer is A, although I would love to see that play. Marie's mother, Maria Theresa, was the Empress of Austria and had big plans for expanding her family's power in Europe. Austria and France had been enemies in the past, but were on good terms when Marie Antoinette was born. Maria, the mother, thought the best way to keep the peace was to have her daughter marry the future king of France. Maria would continue to be a driving force throughout Marie Antoinette's life and try to shape how Marie Antoinette lived. Okay, the next hashtag is for Alexandra. The next hashtag is hashtag feeling seen. Would Marie use this hashtag because A, there were security cameras everywhere in the palace, or B, the public could watch her get ready in the morning? B. The answer is B, you're right. After Marie Antoinette moved to the royal palace at Versailles, every morning people could watch her get ready in a ceremony called le levee. That means to get up. The levee was like a tourist attraction. She was then pretty much on display for the public when she went to mass and had her meals until she went to bed around 11 p.m. in a ceremony known as the coucher. Levee, coucher, oy vey, that's a lot of time in the public eye. Next hashtag, please. All right, here's your hashtag, Harper. It's hashtag sus song. Would Marie Antoinette use this because A, other noble people at court made up a rude song about Marie Antoinette, or B, Sasong is actually the name of Marie Antoinette's favorite puppy? A. That's right, that's right, the answer is A. After Louis and Marie officially became king and queen of France, a lot of French nobles did not like the way Marie behaved. They thought she was spending too much money and not taking her job seriously enough. They made up a song about her that said, You've given offense a plenty, little queen of only twenty. You'll go home to Austria, falala la falal falal. I think they had trouble coming up with a rhyme for Austria, but still, <laughs> rude. No word if Marie ever wrote a clapback song. The next question is for Alexandra. Our last hashtag is hashtag not me saying let them eat cake. Would Marie Antoinette use this hashtag because A, she was gluten-free and cake has a lot of gluten, or B, she didn't actually say let them eat cake even though many people thought she did? B. That's right, the answer is B. The King of France gave money to help the American Revolutionary War, which put a huge strain on the economy and the people of France. Someone started a rumor that when Marie Antoinette heard people were hungry for bread, she cluelessly said, let them eat cake. She didn't actually say this, but people believed she did because they felt the queen was out of touch with the problems of regular French citizens as she lived behind the gilded walls of Versailles. And we're Versigning off of this game. Bonjour, Monsieur Elliot et Mademoiselle B. Marie, Marie Antoinette. Yes, it is I. Here, thanks to the Uwas app. Uwas app. 
you want to reach someone in the past, all you need is the Who Was That? Who Was That? To what do we owe this visit? Well, you work in entertainment, yes? And I assume you have, um, how you say, rap parties. So I brought you some of my dessert to consider for your next event. These patty fours are divine. As is this chocolate eclair. Mm. Uh, merci beaucoup. We, I say, uh, love to see it. It's kind of ironic that you started a career as a baker with the whole let them eat cake thing. Ah, yes, even though I never said this. We know that now, Your Majesty. Please, Your Majesty is my mother's name. Call me Your Highness. Your Highness, do you know how that let them eat cake story even got started? All I could uncover is that a hundred years before I was Queen of France, the Queen of France said something similar. Can you imagine being followed your whole life and beyond by something your husband's grandmother maybe said? Yes. What? I'm an empath. Oh, la la. You know, before this rumor destroyed my life, I thought the rumors from the court members at Versailles were going to be the end of me. Life at Versailles was very stressful for me, especially before I gave birth to my son. There was so much pressure to have a male child. You think gender reveal parties are wild now? They had nothing on monarchies. Mm. Is that mm as in mm that sounds stressful? Or mm, the show a la creme is delicious? Uh, both? Ah, maybe. And I also wonder how much of me being an outsider led the people of France to blaming me for all of their troubles. We, I spent lavishly and foolishly, and people had a right to be angry, but my husband spent even more, um, how you say, foolishlier than me. And he had political power to change things, and he did not. But are there rumors about him saying such insensitive cake things? No. Mm. As in, that sounds painful, Marie, and this tart tatine is magnificent. Not as painful as a guillotine to the neck, but... It stung. But I have decided to, I you say, reclaim some stuff from my past. You say Marie Antoinette talks about cake? Marie Antoinette will make cake, become very successful, and become friends with Guy Fieri in the future. Who can say? And speaking of futures, let us discuss our future, oui? Do you think you would like to hire Marie for your party dessert needs? Absolutely. Are you available next Sunday? I'll need three plum tarts, a creme brulee, 17 petit fours, and a souffle in the shape of a castle, but it needs to have a real working drawbridge over a moat made of mousse. Oui, oui, a mousse moat. I am familiar. Alors, what is this event, may I ask? Sunday, like I said. Ah, B has a notorious sweet tooth. I see. Well, no judgment from Marie. I appreciate the business. In fact, I'd better get started on this order. A bientôt. Thank you, Your Highness, and thank you, Who Was App. Who Was App? We're just about to find out the scores and play our final game after this break. Eric, would you please play us some profiterole music? Full of gluten. Hey, who wasers? Want to share a fun fact we missed? Do you have an idea for an episode? Want to explain Bitcoin to me? What I'm trying to say is we want to hear from you. So send us an email or voice memo at the who was podcast at gmail.com. When the clock is started. 
Welcome back to the Who Was Podcast. Today we're talking about Gandhi and Marie Antoinette. And now back to your host, Elliot Kaling. Thank you, B. We've got a heck of a game going. So without further ado, let's go to producer Jane, who has the verse scores. Ah, Elliot, I'd love to say that the scores are virtually identical, but I can't because they are identical. They each have six points. Ah, it's what the French call le tie for now. (laughs) Merci, Jane. (laughs) Now we're going into our exciting final game. It's called Backpack from the Past. Backpack from the Past, baby. In this game, we have a backpack that contains some of Gandhi's personal objects and some of Marie Antoinette's personal objects. I guess they shared a backpack. We'll describe those objects for our contestants and the listeners at home. And because this is our third game, it is worth three points for each question. Contestants, you will tell us which object belongs to which person. Alexandra, you've got the first object. Oh my goodness, it's a giant sailboat. Well, a ship, really. Who does this ship most likely belong to? Is it A, Marie Antoinette, who once used a boat as an accessory in her wig? Or B, Gandhi, because after his train incident, he decided to only travel by boat, even on land? B. I'm sorry, the answer is A. French nobles commonly wore wigs as a sign of their high position. Marie took wigs to the next level. Some held scenes of nature with tiny figures of animals. Some had moving parts like flapping birds. After a French victory at sea against the British, Marie wore a model of a ship in her hair. Now, I prefer to painstakingly build my ships in a bottle, but that's between me and my Saturday night. Harper, your object is up next. Oh, okay, it's a salt shaker. Ooh, that's awesome. I brought popcorn for lunch. But who would have this salt shaker in their backpack? A, Gandhi, as rebellion against the Salt Act laws, or B, Marie Antoinette, because she never thought the palace chef seasoned food enough? A. That's right, the answer is A. The Salt Act laws stated that Indian people could not gather, make, or sell their own salt. They had to buy it from the British. Gandhi led thousands of people on a protest march known as the Salt March. The 239-mile march ended in the coastal town of Dandi. Gandhi boldly broke the salt laws when he picked up a lump of salt from the mud. He would eventually get arrested, but the Salt March helped start the civil disobedience movement that led to India's independence. Alexandra, get ready. The next object is yours. Oh my gosh, it's a whole bunch of farm animals. Oh, wow, we've got sheep, chicken, cows, an elephant. Oh, wait, sorry, that's just our secretary slash elephant, Geraldine. Geraldine, get back to work. All right, Alexandra, why would there be farm animals in the backpack from the past? Is it because A, Marie Antoinette had a small farm that she loved, or B, Gandhi opened a petting zoo before he went into politics? A. That's right. The answer is A. Marie had a farm that she would go to when she wanted to escape the public life at Versailles. It was called Petit Trianon, and it was the one place where Marie Antoinette could have privacy. When life became difficult, Marie would often go there for peace and quiet. I mean, when you think about it, she was like a reality TV star before TV or TV shows had been invented. This last object is for Harper. Oof, pull it out. Why do I always get the heavy ones? Ugh. It's a spinning wheel. Who would have a spinning wheel in their backpack? A, Marie Antoinette to weave outfits for her dog. Or B, Gandhi to encourage Indian people to make their own cloth. Gandhi. That's right. The answer is B, Gandhi. 
Gandhi encouraged boycotts, which are a refusal to buy certain items as a form of nonviolent protest. In India, the British controlled the manufacturing and sale of cloth. So Gandhi encouraged Indian people to make their own cloth at home. Gandhi believed that spinning and weaving would help give India freedom from the British Empire. It became a national symbol for Indian independence, and the Indian flag even has a spinning wheel on it. People all over the world still use boycotting as a form of protest. Rumpelstiltskin. Uh, B, why did you say Rumpelstiltskin? Well, if there's a spinning wheel around, that guy has got to be close by. I'm making sure he knows not to mess with us. And also, it's just a fun thing to say. You know what else is a fun thing to say? And that's Backpack from the Past. Backpack from the Past, baby! The end of that game means it's just about the end of the show. While Jane tallies the final scores, I'd love to hear from the contestants. What was something you were surprised to learn about Gandhi or Marie Antoinette? Alexandra, what surprised you? It surprised me that Marie Antoinette did not, like, share bedroom with her husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back then, royal couples especially, they lived in a palace with so many rooms, they each had their own bedroom and their own beds. I don't think they even got to see each other very much. That doesn't sound like a great way to spend your marriage. Although, I don't know. Although. (laughs) They say absence makes the heart grow fonder. Maybe they loved each other all the more because they were so busy they never saw each other. And Harper, is there anything that surprised you about Gandhi or Marie Antoinette? It surprised me when I found out that Marie Antoinette had a poof that towered over three three feet over her head. Yeah, she was really a fashion icon, and um, back then they would do they would uh, fashion the wigs into something called a poof, and they really took it to the extreme. Um, it was very theatrical. But you know what? Um, I bet that poof even had its own bedroom. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rooms at the Palace of Versailles. A lot of rooms. All the wigs have their own bedrooms. It's amazing. I highly advise if you're a wig, go to Versailles. You get your own room. It's amazing. <laughs> Well, those were great facts about Marie Antoinette. Thank you so much both for sharing them. And now it's time for the big moment. Jane, will you please announce our winner? I certainly will, Elliot. And B, although it was head-to-head throughout most of the competition, at the last minute, Harper pulled away with 12 points. She is our winner. Congratulations, Harper. You played a great game. Alexandra, you played a fantastic game, too, and you should be very happy with how you did. Harper, as our winner, you have 10 seconds for shout-outs. Go for it. Who would you like to thank about getting you to where you are today? Um, I would like to thank my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister. The wow. whole time, I was in suspense it- that whether you're going to thank your brother or not. I'm amazed you did. That shows, you know what, you would be a benevolent queen, I think. Yeah. That's right. That showed real elegance. Our winner and their library of choice will be receiving a selection of Who Was Books, and I'm going to give a shout out to intern Zach, Jane, Eric, B, and a big thank you to both of our contestants for playing such a great game, and thanks to you, wherever you are, at home, in a car, outer space. On a chocolate horse. Maybe, Maybe you're on a chocolate horse listening to this right now, in which case... Oh, I'm so envious. Next week, join us again as we find out who was two more amazing figures from history. Until then, this is Elliot Chocolate Horse Kalen saying, we're history. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Got a question for any of our famous figures? Send us a voice memo at thewhowaspodcast at gmail.com. It might just end up on the show. The Who Was Podcast is produced by Radio Point, iHeartMedia, and Penguin Workshop and is based on the best-selling Who HQ series published by Penguin. Hosted by Elliot Kalin with co-host Megan O'Neill as B. 
This show also starred Jane Baker as producer Jane, Eric Shackney as Eric, and Megan O'Neill as Marie Antoinette. Our executive producers are Richard Corson, Alex Bach, Elliot Kalin, Megan O'Neill, Daniel Powell, and Houston Snyder. Our executive producer for Penguin Workshop is Francesco Savita, and our executive producer for iHeartMedia is Lindsay Hoffman. This episode was written by Devin Coleman, Elliot Kalin, and Megan O'Neill. It was produced by Bernie Kaminsky and Taylor Kowalski. Its talent was produced by our talent producer, Jane Baker. Its theme song and music were composed and performed by Eric Shackley. It was edited and mixed by Kate Moldenhauer. It was recorded by Allison Wirth. Special thanks to Zach Timson, Charlotte Dienda, and Michael Lewis Howard. Sound services provided by Great City Post. It's the Podcast, because it's time to play the Podcast.